fan maniacs out there. We got a big one right now. If you're listening on iTunes, you don't necessarily see who my guest is, but if you're watching on YouTube, you know him, Omar Kelly. How are you, Omar? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing great. My baby's two months old. I'm in good health. I probably want to lose 10 pounds during my two-month period before NFL ratchets up, but other than me being lazy and tired, I'm fine. You are allowed to be lazy when you have the opportunity. You obviously have the tired allowance because of the baby. And uh, how are things? Where are you in like milestones? What are we doing right now? Um, nothing really. We got our shots. We're surviving our shots. Um, hopefully, we'll soon get our ears pierced so people know she's a girl because she's bald. Um, but that's about where we are. Uh, not sleeping through the night, but not really a challenge at the night. She doesn't wake up and want to party. So we're, we're good to go. I love no hearing complaints. it. Love hearing it. I got two. I'm through. That's kind of yes. our mantra here, two and through. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about maybe if that's the future for you guys, get siblings in there. But uh, we'll keep that offline. But uh, anyway, we got a lot of Dolphin football to talk. And obviously, you know Omar Kelly from the South Florida Sun Sentinel. You know him from Twitter. You know him from multimedia. He's been doing this Dolphin thing for quite some time. And I have to start the show by saying, you know, a mentor of mine, frankly, Omar, a couple years ago, met you down in training camp. Uh, you were just wrapping up a full morning of reporting day one or day two, whenever it was. You had no obligation to say hello, to take my questions. You certainly didn't have any obligation to give me a couple of nuggets of advice. So I, I appreciate you. Thank you for that. And uh, I'm going to keep that advice under my hat because it was golden. And if anybody wants to know it, you can give me a DM because I'll pay it forward that way. But uh, uh, I'm dying to know what the advice was. I, I don't even remember. Like, Well, you probably give some advice. You told me word count's important. You gave me a number. I stick to it. And you gave me a strategy on prior to writing. You basically said, talk out your words, say it out loud, get it on paper from your verbal. And then yeah. your, your editing will come. And you've cut down... Words. Yeah, I like to talk a lot, Omar. I cut down the written words now. That's that, that's good. You got to hit it and quit it. Hit it, get it in. Get say what you got to say, and by your nut graph, expect that Twitter. Twitter has made it worse for writers because people only have now. I don't even know what the characters are, but it, we used to be 140. People have 140 characters of an attention span, so it's got to be something that draws them in to get them to click. For instance, the Bobby McCain story. Bobby McCain got cut. People by now know that Bobby McCain got cut. They don't know why Bobby McCain got cut. They don't know the, the ramifications of Bobby McCain got cut. They don't know um, the options of who could replace Bobby McCain and what this means for the future. And that's really where journalism is headed right now. The news is old 15 minutes ago. Um, it's about what does it mean? You hit the nail on the head. It segues beautifully into the McCain news. Look, a lot of people were surprised. I'm going to be honest with you, and that's why Twitter is great, because there's timestamps, Omar. I'm not, and I'm not kind of saying this callously. Love Bobby McCain, man, and we could talk about him from what he's meant to the Dolphins, but from your level of coverage, where were your thoughts when you read the news today? Um, disappointing, uh, not surprised. Uh, I, I always put together a list of guys who could potentially be purged. 
And if your number is higher than what your in, number of cap space is higher than what I felt your contribution is, um, which Bobby's wasn't, but it was right in that range, there's some danger, there's some risk. Now, when you add a younger, talented player with more upside to a rebuilding program, which the Miami Dolphins are, it, it, you know, I would have loved to see them not press the fast forward button and say, hey, Javon Holland, the job is, for, is yours. Um, but the other caveat of this is they brought in Malik Hawker earlier this week. And to me, when I proposed my free agent plan for the Miami Dolphins, it included Malik Hawker because he is the perfect safety for this defense. And I'm not a big believer in Xavier Howard's going to have 11 turnovers again next year. Um, so you got to figure out some other way to get turnovers. That free safety spot is a position where if things play out right and that player plays out right, he can deliver turnovers. Bobby McCain, that was not his game. But what was his game was he kept the defense from allowing big plays. Now the question is, who replaces him? How ready is that player? Is that player going to be smart enough to run this very complicated defense? And is the secondary going to be able to take it to the next step as opposed to regressing? We can go into the uh, the ins and the outs, the X's and Omar's of that in a moment. You love that plug, right, O? But I want to talk about any kind of appreciation stories for Bobby. You know, he oh. was, prior to today, the longest tenured in terms of games played Dolphin. Uh, with, obviously, Devontae Parker missing time. But those two, now Devontae is the longest uh, tenured Dolphin. So give me something that you could take away from your time covering Bobby McCain. I loved the, I guess my favorite Bobby McCain stuff is Bobby's got a very, you know, aggressive personality. He's a leader. Um, I liked the maturation that I, I always, and this is a conversation for the insiders. I always enjoy watching the young guys come in, have their moment of, oh man, I made it to the NFL. Have their moment of, oh man, this is not too big for me. Have their moment of, oh, man, I'm finally out there playing and contributing. Oh, man, I'm finally a starter. Oh, man, I'm fine. You know, this defense is, is now built around me and I'm a captain. I watched Bobby through that process. And then I wa now I watch him on the back end of it where he gets Jeremiah Bell, which is there was nothing wrong with his play. We just have a young player that we prefer, younger, cheaper player that we prefer. We're going to push you out. You go ahead, even though we signed you to a contract and it's a reasonable contract, you go ahead and go get whatever you can get from somebody else. Your guaranteed money is up. You know, it's a business. Sorry, Bobby. And that's always an uncomfortable spot for me from this standpoint. I'm in the locker room. I know the players. I talk to the players. I know everybody's impact. I know everybody's influence. I know who's trending up. I know whose money is too high. I know how long the real money of deals are. And then when we get into these situations after they spend a year teaching, oh, it's team, 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 team. We're all in this together. Team, you're very important as Bobby. You're captain. Team, we really need you to do, treat the young guys, prep, prep them, lead them up the right way. We're going to take care of you. You're our guy. To We just drafted your replacement. You're making too much money. Uh, see ya. Um, so I always see that end of it. And when you see it with the Jeremiah Bell, when you see it with the TJ McDonald, when you see it with the Rashad Jones, when you see it with the Bobby McCain, and I'm just naming safeties that it's happened to during my tenure, 
it always makes you uncomfortable when you hear these coaches talk about this bullshit of team and oh we're all in this together oh we're a family no the nfl is a business it's gonna be a business it's always been a business if you're a player and you don't see it as a business you're an idiot and guys young players when bobby was a young player you always get that awakening moment coming out of your third year your third year going into the, your fourth year like the jerome bakers and like the mike sickies of the world where mike sickies now making 1.3 million dollars durham smite his backup is making 2.3 million dollars because He's got playing time escalators. So now my backup's making a million dollars more than me. My market says I'm worth $10 million. And I would like to get my new deal coming off the shoulder surgery because I don't know how long my career is going to last. And you're telling me, yeah, but yeah, Mike, we ain't got no money for you. Sorry for your contributions. But um, let's see you play well this year. And then maybe we'll take care of you. And fans look at it from their perspective and their mindset. And they're like, yeah, make Mike earn it. Yeah, you know, Mike, Mike doesn't deserve this money. And Mike's worked hard for his money. Mike's worked hard to put himself in this position. Um, the team, should they justify the fact, should they correct his salary? Eh, depending on how they feel about him. If they would have got Kyle Pitts, they probably wouldn't have done a thing. Um, they got the franchise tag where they can tag him next year and they can pay him, what, nine point? I've got it written down here. They can pay him... Uh, Little uh, uh, 9.6 million dollars, they can say, Oh, we'll tag you next year and see how it plays out. Um, but it's it, same thing with Jerome Baker. When you see young players get put in these positions, you realize and they realize this is the business, it's not team, it's not oh, this is the game that I love, and, and this is about securing the bag, taking care of your family, ensuring that your family benefits from the sacrifices that you're making you're dead on and it, it is a business i mean it goes back to that classic line of that classic business and sports movie this is show business not show friends you know it just it is what it is i have and no idea what movie that's jerry mcguire jerry mcguire bob sugar really? agent yeah 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 um he was one of the uh i think what's his name jay moore is on the phone and he was like trying to convince one of the guys to come with him and he's like it's show friends it's show business not show friends because the whatever it was but i butchered the line but the paraphrase was there for the journalism majors i know so many other lines from that movie but not that one you know me i'm a nick needham guy i'm a preston williams guy. i go deep i'm gonna obscure omar with my uh my fandom here but uh bobby mccain will be missed and but let's move on here and talk about you know the new dolphins. You know, we obviously you mentioned Javon Holland, which I think was probably when the uh all things were said and done could be the best, most valuable pick. But let's go down the docket. I knew that was coming because I I love your takes, I want to hear them. But you give me the Jalen Waddle at number six grade right now, and you can go in, in depth as you want. Hey, um, when you put him in, and Brian Flores kind of illustrated and painted the picture for what he envisions from Jalen Waddle. Um, when you uh, put him across the field from Wolf Fuller and they are able to sort of attack teams with deep threats from either side and space the field with those kind of weapons um, or run them underneath or run drags underneath, it's a dangerous dynamic duo. It, it's very enticing and I, and I will say this I would have put Devonta Smith over Jalen Waddle 
from this standpoint, I studied film of them for weeks because I knew it would ultimately come down to both Alabama receivers, which one do you prefer? I had always heard the Dolphins prefer Waddle. Needed to understand why the Dolphins prefer Waddle. When I looked at the film, even when there were four first-round picks on the field with Tua, on the field with Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle moved faster than everybody else on the field. And it was just undeniable. So I understand why they made that pick. But basically, you just drafted Ted Ginn again, which, you know, I know Dolphin fans don't want to hear that, but that's the reality of what you just did. It is. It's scary, but when Ginn was drafted, that was not the wide receiver to be drafted, I feel like, at that time, which is not so far long ago. He was at nine. That was not the wide receiver to be drafted? No, not, I, not, not, meaning, not meaning that there was another wide receiver on the board. I mean, that body type, that frame, that, you know. Oh. Okay, that, let me clarify. You know, that prototype of player, that Tariq Hill before Tariq Hill, you know, people weren't looking oh, for that. Oh, he was not Tariq Hill. Don't not do that. saying that at all. Don't not, do that. Not going to do that, but that. that not in comparative. Not, I'm, I'm choosing the words carefully here because I know you're good with this. But the type of, you know, Calvin Johnson was uh, the prototype guy that everyone would love. You know, okay. now people are looking for that slot guy. Now they're looking for the separation. So the Jamal Waddle, the Devontae Smith, I like that type of receiver these days. That's my Yeah. Um, That's Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. Um, I don't think they're the similar receivers because Devonta Smith is more of a possession guy for me. I liked him better for Miami because I felt like Tua needed a safety valve. Right. I felt like Tua needed a guy who he can trust to make the right reads, right route, catch the ball strongly, go, go get him that first down. Now, sure, could Preston do it? Could Devontae do it? Absolutely. But neither of them have Tua's trust. Devonta, you knew who had to his trust. And they had just gotten Will Fuller. But now, after listening to Brian Flores, you understand that they wanted Will Fuller on one side, Devonta Smith, I mean, and, and, and Jalen Waddle on one side, Preston and, and, and Parker on the other, or Gasecki on the other side, inside, running inside routes, running easy routes, getting the first down routes, and that threat that's going to keep defenses honest for the running back. And I, I, I understand it. I see the vision. Let's talk. Let's kind of do a sub talk on the receivers before we go on to the second pick. Uh, are there any receivers right now that are kind of checking their messages, checking their age and saying, am I going to be a Dolphin tomorrow? Uh, a lot of them. Uh, the three, I'll name you three. Jakeem Grant, Alan Hearns, and, 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 um, and Albert Wilson. Um, I think it would be wise to bring them all to camp. I think all of them have value. If you look at where the Dolphins were a week before training camp opened last week, they, their receiver unit got gutted. They had to add three just to make it through camp. So you never have enough in my mind. Um, but I'm curious to see where Albert Wilson is coming two years off hip injury, a year completely away from football. I've always seen value in Alan Hearns. Um, right now, I can't name your slot receiver a little better than Alan Hearns. Uh, and... Uh, and Jakeem, he's got value as a returner, not necessarily to me as a wide receiver. Um, everybody knows Jakeem has beef with me. I'm not necessarily a Jakeem Grant fan. But the reason we have issues is because when he was a rookie, I pointed out, eh, his hands are unreliable. He can't catch consistently. He fights the ball. Um, and here we are five years later, dynamic returner. 
Still the same issue as a wide receiver. At best, he's your fourth or fifth wide receiver. Now he brings return value. But um, as the Dolphins pointed out, you got Jalen Waddle as a returner. Now I will say this. If Jalen Waddle is on the field and as much of a weapon as I think he's going to be or that they hope he's going to be, do I want him returning? No, I don't want him returning. So they, they, got, they got plenty of talent, plenty of time to figure this all out. You don't have to make any decisions now. Um, I will say Albert Wilson has guaranteed money. It, I'm, I'm always of the opinion this organization needs to stop throwing away Steve Ross's money. So take him to camp, see what happens. That's the bottom line. And it's going to be battling. And this is what I love about this team dynamic. They're going to be battling the wide receiver room. They're going to be battling the defensive back room. And then there you go. I mean, kind of a story within the story and potentially with who might every, every team battles. Right. I, don't, I don't know if there's going to be battling in the wide receiver room. There's, there's okay, the back end is going to be battling. But was the back end not battling last year when guys sure. were fighting for roster spots? It's just a higher caliber of name. And, in fact, I said last year, the receiver unit coming into the season was probably the deepest unit, and it just got watered down by injury. Now, people forget that it got watered down by injury when they sit here and say, two of these playmakers, two of these playmakers, two of these playmakers. Um, if you look at this receiver unit right now, you got Devontae Preston, where you haven't seen the best of Preston. He dominated training camp last year. Could he get better route running, understanding the offense? Absolutely. He's entering a money year. Players with money years, they usually perform. Mm -hmm. um, you got Will Fuller. You got Jalen Waddle. Okay, those are your top four. You got Lynn Baum Jr. That's your top five. Um, then you got Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, Matt Collins, Isaiah Ford, uh, the, the new foster kid that they just signed. Like, where's the weak? Where's the where's the weakness in this unit that you claim is so weak? Correct. Now, I mean, are they injury prone? Yes, they are. But you got that. It's also a matter of, uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave the receiver talk on, on hopefully this kind of agreement. It's uh, I don't see a guy who's going to catch 100 balls for 1,200 yards nah. and 15 touchdowns. I see kind of getting kind of in the aggregate. Maybe a different guy leading in touchdowns, different guy leading in yards, different guy in, you know, your first down guy. Jobs. New England Patriots kind of jobs. It's funny that you mentioned that because I wrote a story um, about Wolf Fuller has $3 million in incentives. I don't know if you read that story. Mm. And I found it very interesting, the numbers and the thresholds that they put on his incentives um, for his $3 million. They were one reception, one yard, and one touchdown off from what he, he delivered last season, which means if this young man gives you uh, – it basically, if he gives you, let me tell you what the thresholds are while I'm. Yeah, I'm, please, I'm, that'll be great. Yeah. And read yeah. the article, everybody. This will be the tease to the article, but get there. But yeah, I mean, he gets a million dollars if he gets nine receptions. He got uh, nine touchdowns. He, he got eight last year. He gets, uh, you know, 800. He, he gets quarter of a million dollars if you get 880 yards. Um, he was like 879 last year. He gets uh, a million dollars, I mean, quarter of a million, $300,000 if he gets 54 receptions. He was at 53 last year. Now, keep in mind, he only played 11 games because of his suspension. So, I mean, you put some some recent, some really achievable, you know, numbers to, to sweeten his contract. But in my mind, they looked at it. They, these, these bonuses were viewed by the league as unlikely, which is why they don't count as a salary cap. 
But I say that they're likely, you know, he's likely to catch 55 balls. He's likely to catch 900 yards of receptions. He's likely, you know, to catch, well, not likely because only a few caught nine touchdowns last year. But, right. but also, a caveat of this is none of these bonuses are eligible if they don't have a top 20 offense. So, wow. So, Look at that. So it benefits him if they have a top 20 offense. So, you know, they put their money where 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 the incentives are on the table. I'm, I'm curious to see. That's the only contract that I've seen like that from them in a decade. I love that just from the sheer uh, aspect of, you know, Fuller can have his cake and the Dolphins can eat it too. If Fuller just says, all right, you know what? Let me just run a couple of go routes and free up the middle of the field and just do my job because I'm already eating. Now I got to make sure this team's a top 20 offense or else I'm not eating. So – I love that. Very, very good stuff, Omar. And that's obviously, you know, right in the Sentinel for everybody to check out. And let's move on to, see, you got a little bit of that orange and aqua on the shirt. There's a 305 there. We're staying in the 305 with pick number two. There it is. Jalen Phillips from the U. Let's hear it. Um, Love the pick. Love the player. Let me, let me rewind that. Let me move it back. Love the player. If, Jalen Phillips had a clean bill of medical health, which he does not. He would have been a top 15 selection. He was my top defensive end on my defensive end board. Except I said I wouldn't have drafted in the first round because of all the medical concerns, concussions, ankle durability. The man retired from football during his UCLA career before coming to Miami. Um, there's some validity there. There's some concern there. I don't like giving guys ridiculously guaranteed money when they're uh, an injury risk. Now, would he have been selected in the first round? Probably so. But there's reasons why we knock guys down into second round. There's a reason why the Georgia linebacker fell into the second round. Um, but great pick for Miami Dolphins. Best edge guy. Good pass rushing moves. Can come in immediately. I can't name a defensive end better than him, and that includes Emmanuel Agba. However... If it were me and I were Chris Greer, I would have selected Najee Harris with the 18th pick from this standpoint. And this is only my rationale. I believe Najee Harris was a top 15 player in this draft. I believe Najee Harris will be a top six running back in the NFL right away. I believe he would have been the completing piece for this offense. If the Dolphins had drafted Najee Harris over Jalen Phillips, which I understand, a defensive end has more value than a running back. But if they had drafted Najee Harris over Jalen Phillips, this offense would have been complete, would have been flawless, except for the offensive line. How do you play them? How do you stop them? Dynamic, uh, uh, dynamic pass-catching tight end. Stretch the field wide receivers. Two. Uh, great slant-running possession receivers. Two. Uh running back in the backfield who can catch, run with power. I mean, it's, it's uh, would have been a flawless offense. And I feel when you didn't address the running back position, you left a built-in excuse for Tua. And I don't like that standpoint. I don't like the fact that you left the built-in excuse for Tua. Now, I understand why they didn't select him, and there are other factors why they didn't select him. I'm not necessarily certain Najee Harris is a Brian Flores type of player. He has such a strong relationship with Tua, this is the first time I'll say that, that there were concerns that his personality could have influenced Tua. And then their stronghold on Tua 
would be watered down. And eh, they didn't want to do that. That's not this regime's way. So I understand and I know that they wouldn't have drafted Javonta Williams in the second round over Javon, Javon, Javon Holland. So I understand. But I would have just would have loved to see them have completed this offense. And right now they left an incomplete. But I will say this, even though I say that the running back position is incomplete because I do like, I say it's incomplete, but I do like Miles Gaskin. And let me explain to you why I like Miles Gaskin. And it's something I'm working on for Peace in the Sun Sentinel. Um, Miles Gaskin's season was held back because of COVID, caught COVID, missed two weeks, suffered a knee injury, had surgery, came back, missed four weeks, and was not all the way healthy. But based on his numbers last year, which weren't bad, Miles Gaskins, if you projected out his numbers to 16 games, Miles Gaskins would have rushed for 984 rushing yards. If you projected his numbers out to 16 games, not him doing more, but just project his numbers out to 16 games, and he, let's say he touches the ball 15 carries per game, and he still catches the ball at his average rate, which I believe is like 3.5 receptions per game, he would have rushed for 984 yards and caught 65 passes for 617 yards. Oh. Altogether, total, yeah, yeah. It, like, that look on your face is like, what the hell? Altogether, if Miles Gaskins would have played 16 games, he would have produced 1,616 yards in 16 games. Wow. Now, at his present rate, now, that would have made him the fourth most productive offensive player in the NFL last year. If he would have just played 16 games, at his present rate, 15, catch, 15, 15 carries per game, 4.1 yards per average, 240 carries per season, the man would have produced 1,600 yards of offense. That is which, absolutely like, stunning. It's stunning. Uh, it, it, I kind of knew it coming out of the year because I looked it up and he was the fourth highest offensive producer like going into the Buffalo game. And I was like, what? Huh? What? My math is off. I'm horrible at math. I got to do this again. And I looked again, and he was. Now, the Buffalo average threw off his average, but Miles Gaskins, productivity-wise, if he hadn't hurt his knee, hadn't caught COVID, he would have been behind Derrick Henry, uh, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Stephon Diggs. No, no, he would have been higher than Stephon Diggs. And just overall offensive production or just uh, – Overall offensive production. Wow. That is unbelievable. I mean, there it is. There's there's almost your answer to why are the Dolphins not bringing in a Najee, signing a girly. Are they going to kick the tires on on Johnson? I don't know necessarily. I think no. Yeah. I And there you go. There it is. Uh, but but here, here's my thing. We're saying this as if he's going to play 16 games. What's the likelihood? that a small back is going to play 16 games. Right. Probably zero. Exactly. So but you're also hoping that this RBBC, you know, you know what? Uh, Gaskin brings the team down the field. It might not be lovely for the fantasy guys loving the touchdown vulturing, but give it to Malcolm Brown. Give it to Jared Dokes, who might be the reason why they drafted him in the seventh round. Pound him, you know? But Gaskin, wow. Top five. I mean, efficiency rating, if you want to give top efficiency. Four. Top four. He would have been the fourth most 
pro- wow. a productive offensive player in the NFL last year. Behind Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and right ahead of Stephon Diggs and David Montgomery and Jonathan Taylor. So I'm, you know, and Aaron Jones. So I'm nice. like, I mean, and we're not talking about a heavy workload. We're talking about 15 carries per game, his usual receptions rate, 4.1 receptions per game, like 9.5 per average reception. This is just his usual rate if he had not gotten injured or not caught COVID. And I'm like, all right, well, let's ride. Sounds good to me. And when people were kind of clamoring when the Denver Broncos traded up to get Javante Williams from UNC, uh, the next pick that the Dolphins made, Javon Holland, I, I said earlier, my favorite, you know, what's your take on him? Is he a safety? Is he a slot corner? What's your thoughts on him? I started watching his film uh, last week because I heard the Dolphins were going to draft the safety. And I was like, oh, safety? I haven't done any safety work. Let me start doing some safety work. Um, uh, like him. Intrigued by him. Need to see how big he is. Not that Bobby McCain is big. Not that they need a big safety. Great ball skills. Individually can cover the nickel. Love him. Could fill. No, nah, I can't cover tight end. Um, and I said, okay, instincts, ball, ball instincts. Yeah, I like it. Um, is he ready to be a rookie starter right away? Oh, I don't know, but you never – but. This team likes throwing guys in the deep end and seeing if they sink or swim. It's a Bill Parcells way, and and I I support it. You I like did it that. Fine, why not do it with safety? You know what? Let's do it with. I think that one of the best position coaches on this team is defensive back coach Gerald uh, Alexander. I think he's a head coach in waiting. Frankly, I mean, I yeah. love. I mean, I don't want. Oh, I don't want to see it, but we're going to see it. You oh, know? you got to see it. You got I mean, to you gotta see it. But you, you got to. You want to keep him in Miami, obviously, but but this nah, time will come. I, I don't care about any of that. I, I I'll, see him on, I'll see him on the flip side when he's. I'll agree with you. I, 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 I always want to see. I always want to see guys elevate, do their best. He is going to be a head coach, thousand percent. And whatever program gets him, shit will be very thankful that they get him. If I'm a young college program like FIU, FAU. I'm trying to snatch him up right now. Oh, oh, there you go. If you now, go college ranks. You, you got you gotta you 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 gotta be on on the upswing, and I like that. Um, because his next step in the NFL, I think he's more suited for college because I think he can relate to the young players a little bit better. And I, I think and he's he's now if he wants to spend a decade working his way up the NFL, cool. He could be go be a college head coach in three years. You know, you can make your way back to the NFL doing the college route. Um, but, hey, more power to the man. Um, I, and, yeah, give him, give him some young players, see if he can coach them up and groom them and get them ready. And that's exactly uh, The defensive corner has a, has a background with corner with safety so and cornerback. So, you know, let's not put it all on, on Gerald Arrows. Of, of course, absolutely. And as this whole team structure is, it's not just one person. It's the sum of the parts. And uh, speaking of, you know, the sum, we have another uh, addition to the offensive line. It's kind of been a little bit of an off-season fluctuation, that line. But Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame, what are your thoughts on that selection? Um, have looked at Notre Dame film, not necessarily for him. Um, love Notre Dame's offensive line. Didn't necessarily think he was the best player on that line, but I can he's a safe pick, and I like the safe pick. 
Um, I would have personally gone with his teammate Banks. Yeah. Uh, who was inside. also drafted in that round. But I understand what their thought process is. Apparently now, allegedly, Robert Hunt is moving inside the guard. Okay, cool. Um, and let's see where, how that plays out. Um, that leaves Fluker, Jesse Davis, and Liam maybe competing it out for right tackle. However, I will say this. I think Liam, what they lack as an offensive line is somebody who can pull, turn the corner, get to the second level. Exactly. Um, that Without that, you're just eliminating a portion of your playbook. And if Liam can't do it, who can? Because – and maybe Hunt could do it. Maybe Hunt could do it. I don't know. But I know it wasn't there last year. And until you get that player, you're eliminating probably 20% of run plays. That's a good point. I mean, you mentioned the teammate Banks. I believe he played much more interior. I really would have loved a guard or a center. But I'm not going to be nitpicky. Not going to be nitpicky yeah. if they got people there. You know? But uh, when you look at – everyone loves looking at position in school. Here's, here's a theory that people always – offensive line coaches always tell me, and I've been told this for over a decade. Add the tackle. You know why you add the tackle? Because the tackle is the best lineman from each school, generally. And the left tackle, best lineman from each school. Have a whole team of left tackles. Hmm. And eventually – you'll have some strength because they'll be the best of everybody everybody has to offer. Um, and you can teach guy to play guard. So right. now can you teach guys snap center? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really, you know, I haven't really delved into that center life. But yeah. Um I like it. It's a great, it's a great pick. They clearly saw significant value in him as a player because they traded a future third round pick. So you can't sit there and say, Oh, the Dolphins, they just took what was there. No, they had a conviction, and they went and got their guy. Same thing with Hunter, Hunter Long. They had a conviction and went and got their guy. They got the second-highest-rated safety on their board. Props to them. They got the second-highest-rated wide receiver, number one defensive end, number one safety. No, You know it's the number one safety because they drafted the first safety. There you go. They got their, their, their number two tight end, and I don't know where Liam was on their offensive line board, but clearly they – coveted him because they traded a third round pick which is a good pick to go get him they did do a little bit of recouping with that some some further trading i mean not equal value there you can't really equalize yeah. it but it was a little bit of that rob peter to pay paul we'll talk about that next year but they got their guy they got someone who you know fits that oh wow a lineman from notre dame okay Casual fan, that works. Yeah, we got a lineman from Wisconsin two years ago. That That's, yeah, you're at, That's a good point. That fan Not that I'm giving up point. on Michael Dieter. Dieter. I mean, here's one thing. People pretend like Michael Dieter was horrible and a disaster. He wasn't good. But neither was Solomon Kinley. And people okay. pretend like Solomon Kinley's like phenomenal. Like, Michael Dieter outperformed Solomon Kinley. It, you know, if you go year for year. Now, will Michael Dieter have an open competition? And be, no, because that's what happens when regimes change and, you know, guys fall out of favor. He's not my guy. This is my guy. This is, you know. So, but this theory that, and I support the young line getting better. And second year rookies are in the program. Maybe Solomon McKinley loses weight. All this flowery stuff that we want to talk about that we can, you know, prop up our, our mediocre line. Because it is a mediocre line. It like 
it's not the worst not line. It's not the worst line. It's a mediocre line. But it's a mediocre line. It's not the 32nd line, but you it's wait, mediocre. You wouldn't be on your fourth offensive line coach in three years and having to undo everything you just did in one offseason again if it wasn't a mediocre line. This is like the Mina Kimes evil laugh agreement. Like, ah, ha, ha. But, yeah, it's mediocre. You have all these pop culture reference. Mina Kimes. Oh, oh, I see that. Me and her got into a fun little Twitter offensive line beef. But we'll... we'll... Oh, okay. Oh, it was you. It was you. It was me. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. You turned the Dolphin fan base on Mina. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm a nice kind of... I want to bring people together. I like to realize things that that We're together to attack people. Yes, okay, I got you. No, not at all, Omar. I mean, when I said something like they are the fifteenth best <laughs> offensive line, Mina Dovin is as a chance to say fifteenth best. Come on now. I'm like, well, what else am I supposed to? I sugarcoat. Yeah, nah, they're not fifteenth best. I, yeah, she was right. She was right. They're, they're bottom eight. Let let if we're gonna. We're going to be conservative about our uh, – we're going to be nice about things. They're bottom eight. I'll give you that. I'm not – this is a friendly pod. This is a friendly pod over. Let's move yeah, to 100. They're, they're, about, they're about 25. <laughs> Come on. They're about like 25. No, you, you know what? You're right. Let's see what happens this year. They still need to gel. They're still young. And uh, let's see what Skura does. Veteran center, free agent to bring him in all together. And that's a question mark. Big question I mean, mark. a question mark, and this is where people get mad at me because I, I gave the Dolphins a uh, B-plus on their They're like, why can't you give them an A? You never give them an A. You never show us love. Why did we just give them an A? We needed an A. We wanted an A. You didn't give us an A. Here's why I didn't give them an A. Let's give them an A minus. No. No. I'm not. I'm like, this is not charity. <laughs> like, not that it matters, but, like, I'm not giving you charity points. You had a phenomenal draft. Did you address two of your four glaring holes? Did you leave them no, out there? They left them. Okay. They left so, them. So, and I respect why you didn't address them. I, I totally, if I'm drafting, I said, I wrote a column before the draft, and I said, I want Chris Greer to stop playing it safe. I want him to make some bold selections. I need to see some Pro Bowl caliber players. That's what's been missing from your drafts, especially on your team. You, you you traded away the two that you had, or two of the three that you had, two of the four that you have. I I want to see some bold selections, and I want to see you stick BPA. I'm a big stickler on BPA. So I can't sit here. I am being a hypocrite and saying, oh, you didn't address your need. But you're, you could easily respond, but I stuck to BPA, like you said. And then – and I got the top-rated guys on my board, which is what everybody should, should, should do. And, like, I'm talking myself into why, why bad Omar for not giving them an A. Uh, but you didn't address two of your four glaring needs. You came into the draft. You needed a, a, a spacer wide receiver. You needed a defensive end. You needed a running back. And you needed a center. Exactly. You couldn't leave this draft without those things. And you left your draft without two of them. Now, you could say Dokes is, you know, I'm sorry. It's a throw-in pick on a seventh-round pick. You would rather draft him than compete with everybody trying to sign him as a free agent. And props to you for that. And in their defense, Miles Gaskin is a seventh-round pick. So shut up, Omar, because you don't know what you're talking about. Because 
we make the best out of seventh round picks. They do, actually. Um, they really do. Uh, they're, 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 they're all right. Recently. All right. Very recently. But yeah. I, I think maybe we can twist the arm after maybe training camp to move that up out of the BIA. But, but I, I agree with you. They did not address two of those top four needs. That's why I, I'm going to give them the A minus because I, I can give them the minus. But leaving the way that they did with the other needs and the players, one thing I noticed, Omar, they went and they delivered that ticket ASAP. There was no clock. They just delivered it. Colin, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't read that much into those things because the draft is literally going on behind the scenes that you guys don't even know. Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes the TV is like three picks behind, and you might think it's like immediate, but – that happened like 10 minutes ago. Pure but, speculation. Heard, heard through whatever birdie out there that, yeah, they were running. They were running. They, all, they always tell you, the, the, you know what you believe? You believe that you believe the things that you hear before the draft. You don't believe the things that you hear after the draft. It's funny you say that. Because after the draft, they got their best, their favorite player. Oh, Jalen Waddle was our number one wide receiver on the board. I bet you he wouldn't have been your number one wide receiver on the board if, uh, if the LSU receiver was on the board. I hear that, man. I was I was hoping that there would be like kind of a conscious, like we should protect Burrow and draft an offensive lineman, but I could understand what they did. And But I, I got you. I, I, if Jamar Chase is available, tunes could have changed. But, you know, the Hunter long pick, touch on that real quick because, you know, I, I want to get you back to doing your, uh, your busy schedule and uh, – Keep uh keep it rolling here. Hunter Long. Um, I have not done I have not done the film on him. Tight end. I heard the week of the draft, which is why I say believe what you hear the week of the draft. I heard they would address the tight end. Right. They need a, a, a an all-purpose tight end. Obviously, uh Adam Shaheen, they're not gonna pay him. So enjoy your 2.3 million dollars. Um he, he, and He's smart. He's intelligent. And you need to draft tight ends a year ahead because it's apparently a very hard position to learn. Yeah. You're learning the route running concepts. You're learning the pass blocking concepts. You're learning the run game concepts. And I've heard from people for over a decade why tight ends so difficult to play and contribute right away. And it's because of those factors. So they drafted Mr. Rubik's Cube. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a year earlier than they will need him. And it'll be interesting to see how he fits into that wide receiving core. But Dolphin fans cannot and should not ignore the fact that the wide receiving core was the most productive tight end. I mean, I'm sorry, the tight end unit was the yep. most productive unit in Dolphins history last year. Correct. Receptions, yards, touchdowns. Correct. Never, never a great year for tight ends. And it's not like they have a glaring weakness, well, but you know what? Two of them are going to be free agents next year. You just got yourself ready for what, what, what's to come. I got to give you a fun little over-under question. Dolphin games played for the rest of his career for Mike Gusecki. Over or under 17? Over. I love that. Best answer I've heard from you all Day, Omar. You can't see him become a superstar somewhere else. You will see him become a superstar somewhere else. You will. Yeah, I had it. I had about 15 seconds with you, Omar. We had it for about 15 seconds. We were going well there. But I you don't think it's Seki, you don't think they pay him up or at least franchise him for one more year and see what franchise him for one more year. That's that's where your over comes in. So we'll agree to we got got about maybe 30 he's not, he's not you know what it is? You know what I heard the week before he's not what we need. 
And I mm. can respect that because as I've always said, what my issue with Mike Gesicki is when he comes on the field, you're telling teams exactly what you're doing. Get on. Yep. I agree. I agree with you there. It's fun to watch him. He's great in, in the highlight reel. And I think he could just learn some other aspect maybe, but I, I, I hate to agree with you on this exact topic. Yeah. You either have to put him at slot or you're telling teams exactly what you're doing. And it's, if he's a slot, he's a slow slot receiver. I'm, I don't, I don't really care what I cover him with because, you know, all he's got is really a jump ball on me. He's not going to burn me down the field. He's not going to outmuscle me for a ball. Um, and on the line, if I put him on the line, then I know, okay, if I'm Bobby McCain, I know, all right, it's a passing play, guys. Let's, let's get right. Let's get ready. Oh, let's yeah, if you're playing right again, in. Bobby would, I mean, come on. He'll, he'll have everything inside and out on us. Yeah. So did they need a dual threat tight end? Yes. There it is. I, and props to Durham Smite because I was very critical of him early in his career. I've never seen a slower tight end in my life. Um, he's gotten better, faster more effective he is a dual threat tight end now we'll see what happens this is the business of the league two tight ends want money they just drafted your replacement what's going to happen it's the soap opera that i follow how is mike gesicki going to be in his feelings is mike gesicki going to be in his feelings that his buddy his best friend is making nine hundred thousand dollars more than him as his backup like and that's no fault of the dolphins it's just you're a second-round player. You're not eligible for playing time incentives. You got too high of a bonus. You're a third or fourth-round player. You're eligible for playing time incentives. Even though you play less snaps than Mike Gesicki, your salary gets the bump. This it's, is it's, it's gangster in the NFL. This is actually a really fun – the tight end room is a very intriguing room to kind of be a fly on the wall. Sounds like a sitcom. They're always a fun bunch, even though uh, they generally don't like me. But they're always a fun bunch. I hear they're a fun bunch. I, I'm not. I can't get. I'm not very popular in that room. What does a guy got to do to get like a Mike Gesicki? Like I hear he blocks people. You know, like the Kembe Matumbo. Oh, basketball. I think I got unblocked though. Oh, I got, I, got, I got blocked the day of the draft. The oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's like getting fired on your day off. Huh? It's like getting fired on your day off. Like I'm like. What did I write about you the day of the draft? Like, I know I'm going to piss people off or make you make your family unhappy. Like, I don't even think I wrote anything bad about you the day of the draft. Like, I got blocked, like, instantly. I'm like, I didn't even do anything. I'll tell but, you, the fact that I haven't gotten blocked is almost as good as not getting, you know, wishing the like happened. I'm not blocked, so I'll take it as a win. Yeah. I, I, I like Mike. I think he's a very um, – I think he's a cool dude. I think he's an interesting guy. Um, my issue is a football thing. Same thing with Jakeem Grant. My issue is a football thing. For me, I've been taught by Curtis, Curtis Johnson, who I believe is the best receiver coach in the NFL, New Orleans, look it up, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. former UM, former UM coach, all the UM legends. And he always taught me, the number one thing you got to do as a receiver is catch the damn ball. Makes sense. It, like, I don't care how fast you run. I don't care how big you are. I don't care. Um you know, whether or not you can create separation, if you're not catching the ball, you're not doing what you need to be doing. It's the number one job requirement of, the, of a wide receiver. And Grant can't catch the ball. To the tight ends, here's my beef. Mike Kosicki, as, I, as we, you, you seem to be a Mike Kosicki fan, but tell me how you're not telegraphing what you're doing as an offense 
when you put Mike Kosicki on the field? I can't tell you that. I could just hope for the best, but that's what they're doing, essentially. If I know what you're doing when you're when a guy's on the field, that's half the battle for me. That, I'm not going to disagree there. I, I mean, that eliminates to... a lot of the guesswork. What it could do, though, is just create a little bit more of the guesswork when you're bringing in other, as you mentioned, the Waddles, the Fullers. It helps spread the field. That component helps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's gonna make it. That's gonna make it more challenging. Yes, Mike Kosicki's gonna come on the field in third down instead of a slot receiver, which to me I don't really like either. I would. I would much rather if we're gonna go third downs. Let's let's talk X's and O's. Let's 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 go third downs. Right. I'm going. Devontae is my split end. Mm-hmm. I'm going uh, Wolf Fuller as my flanker, and I'm going Waddle as my slot. Right. Uh, um. And generally, okay, we're third down, so let's put Devon, uh, let's put Mike Gesicki on the field. But now I have Preston Williams on the sidelines. Where are you on the field, though? That's uh, my question. If, 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 if I'm four wide, I want Preston Williams and not Mike Gesicki. If I'm in line on third down, I go. want Mike Gesicki. But now he's covered by a linebacker. Where's the great matchup threat that Mike Gesicki's supposed to be? Let me give you a devil's advocate question. Give me that third down when you're at your own 40 and you have to extend the drive versus, you know, inside the red zone, just okay. inside. Okay, okay. So you're saying give you the third down in the red zone or give you the third down? Both. I mean, I think there might be different personnel in that situation. Yeah, you're, you're correct. It, it could be different personnel. And red zone, I'll give Mike Kosicki the edge. But now we're saying that Mike Kosicki, like – Specialist. But but we're, we're talking jump ball, and, and I get get where you're going, and you make a very valid point. That is my red zone package. But now I'm saying I want Mike Kosicki doing a jump ball situation versus a linebacker over Preston Williams doing a jump ball situation versus another cornerback. I'll take that. You'll take which one? For what, I'll take Kosicki for right now because of, you know, number one, Kosicki is four inches taller than most linebackers. That's number one. And Preston's okay. at the height, too. But a jump ball for a guy like Preston worries me a little bit more on the come down. If I'm choosing what my first option is, I'm not saying don't throw to the six foot five uh, unicorn. I'm saying that my first option is the six foot six dunker. Okay. And, and you're, you, I give you that. I give you that argument. I would make that choice as well, especially considering. His metrics were very impressive very. coming out of the draft. And I forgot about how good they were until I started comparing them to Kyle Pitts. And everybody's like, oh, Kyle Pitts is all world athletically. And, like, Mike Kosicki has better numbers, some some better numbers than him. I'm like, wow, I forgot how good Mike Kosicki was as an athlete. I love looking at volleyball. He's an all-state volleyball player. When you look at some of that volleyball uh, body control, very different than maybe basketball jumping and football yeah. leaping. Just it's, it's a very tough sport to nail. you got to be in control of uh, what you're doing, eye-hand coordination, all that fun stuff. So uh, this has really been a terrific conversation. Omar, I want to just touch a little bit on the Larnell Coleman and the Jared Doak seventh rounders. We've mentioned that the Dolphins, you know, they find some success. Best case scenario for either of them. Bodies. Bodies. Yep. Body Body. Like the fact that, you know, the alma mater, Greer, got a UMass guy. That's not his alma mater. He's Boston College. 
No, Flores is a Boston College guy. He got Hunter Long. Greer, oh, Greer is a UMass guy. I didn't even make that connection. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, man. I mean, if you're calling someone in, in, you know, a little bit of the more obscure football, you know, I'm calling the guy who knows that I know the SID. I'm like, give me the film on Lar now. That's All right. Me. All right. Buffalo, sure. Omar. Like, yeah, <laughs> if you say so. I, I, I'll be intrigued when I see them in training camp. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to like hype up rookies or tell you what they're going to be, especially late round picks until they start to show up. I remember, um, Jimmy, Jimmy Wilson, if you remember Jimmy Wilson, seven round pick killed a man. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, I remember his rookie camp. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like his rookie camp. He was like an interception every other day oh, and he, he immediately earned playing time. And you know, I got to see you make plays, man. I got, I really got to see you make plays for me to sit there. Like Preston Williams, it took me a while for him. He was making plays, and I was just like, eh, it's competition. And he elevated the competition. Kept doing it. I was like, okay. Then Xavier said, okay, let me go cover him. And, you know, that's why people people are sleeping on Preston Williams, Thank man. Thank you. Like, he, yeah, he keeps disappointing us when the season arrives, and he's like AWOL. But I mean, training camp, when he knows the competition he's going up against, up. Woo, like he made Byron Jones look like a practice squad player last year. And it was, it was just. It was remarkable. And you were there. I, Not many people were able to see that. Very few. Very few. Very, very, only the media. Exactly only the right. media. And that's a pro- that was the problem. I mean, people were, that 20 eyes were just getting draw, uh, balled out. Not 20 million. So. That, you know, Preston Williams, watch out for him. What are you hearing just quickly, quickly about Preston Williams' health? Is he uh, uh, ahead of schedule? Is there everything status quo? It's a foot. <laughs> in tra- training camp, if he's not ready for training camp, then we'll, he was ready for training camp with an ACL tear last year. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he'll be ready. Love it. Love it. So lastly, Omar, I'm going to not let you get out of here with one last Kind of, as I like to say, as my old armed Aquaman persona, harpoon to head question, is there a big name cut coming? This is post-Bobby McCain. You just saw it. Uh, So everyone could breathe easy? Bobby McCain is the biggest name? Or are we seeing something else that's going to shock some people? I don't know. You you never know. Uh, If I'm Jakeem Grant's agent, I'm trying to find him a new home. Wow. Uh, And... You can see the writing on the wall. How many times are they going to have to tell you that Jalen Waddle does returns before you to, to take a hint? Like, Brian Flores might have said it four times. Like, I was like, okay, we get the hint. Like, I mean, and props to the receiving core because I like what I like about this receiving core is everybody's working with Tua now. You, you, all, all it takes is you, you develop chemistry with Tua, you're going to be golden. And that's just a matter of work and the work ethic and how hard you work. And Jakeem does work hard. Mm-hmm. And he'll be in the NFL next year, whether it's Miami or it's not Miami. He should really want a place that believes in him and wants to give him opportunity. Go get there. And that's that's the beauty of the NFL because, you know, and I hate saying it as harsh as this, but, you know, one team's trash is another team's treasure, and that's just cliche. But it, it's the truth when you really think about practice squad 
Someone gets cut here. They get another opportunity. Practice squad flyer. Look what happened to Nick Needham. Yeah, yeah. Um, a tight end, Logan Thomas. Oh, yeah. They're great example. Tight end here. Project. Spent maybe half a year on a practice squad. Now he's starting tight end for the Washington Redskins. You just never know. You I love that example. And this, and you know, watching that Washington football team, you know, with another ex-Dolphin, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a little sad, but might be a little I'd fun. Be cheering for the Washington football team. Amen. I'm a Fitzpatrick fan. Uh, that man earned every ounce of my respect. Tell me right now. Go look up the stats and tell me the player who's played better statistically. There's a short list of quarterbacks who played better statistically in the last two years than Ryan Fitzpatrick, numbers wise. That guy has given, you know, a lot of things in Dolphin life, Omar, is kind of that quality over quantity, and that was I Ryan get Fitzpatrick. It. I get it. When he got benched, I, 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 it was hard, but I, I said to myself, and I wrote a column about it, as much as I really like him, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a flame. It wasn't meant to be forever. It's just... We're having fun. See where this goes. <laughs> oh God! I wasn't gonna propose. Right. I, we, we, you know, we weren't gonna have kids together. <laughs> we were having fun, and ultimately, I gotta move on with the guy I want to propose to. I got. I we we got. You know, I got. I gotta go steady with Tua, and stop cheating on him with you. If I want to, if I want this thing to work. And that's why we see Ryan in, in Washington. I, I can't add anything to that other than a lot of thank yous for coming on and having a terrific talk. Obviously, everyone out there, check out Omar's work. He referenced a couple of pieces that he had worked on. Check it out at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Omar, get some rest. Enjoy the family. Thank you, sir. All right. No problem. Thank you. You got it. <laughs>